It is Wednesday, the last day of January, and we've got former Wolverine Jim Scarcelli with us. Scar, great month for Michigan and a lot of different things going on. We're ready to talk about them. How are you? Yeah, I'm fired up, man. I, t- I watched a little senior bowl practice. You know, we can't get enough football, man. You had uh, Harrell out there, McGregor, uh, the big tight end, Barner, and then um, – Roman was out there looking good. So a lot of Wolverines and uh, normally the Wolverines don't put a bunch of stickers on their helmet to screw up the winged headgear. Like a lot of these other guys, you know, when they play in those games, you see all them crazy stickers, but they're going to do well. And I was fired up to see that. Yeah. uh, You know, this reminds me of, there was a, I don't even know if they still play them. Some of the the one with the real stickers. It wasn't the Reese's. It was like the Shrine game, wasn't it, or something like that? Was that oh, the yeah, one? Yeah. Well, uh, senior. I, I, I thought it was a Senior Bowl. You, it could have been. No, there's the a there's one the, in Alabama. That's that's supposed to be like the best one to to you know the, the the coaches are there more. I guess scouts more than any of the other ones. But anyway, it was fired up to see a lot. That's that's just another one of many signs of a good program where you got a lot of guys invited to those games. It's, you know, it's just a reminder to me, Scar. It was one of the the times that I realized that my dad was a, a, a little bit too into gambling as one of those like East-West Shrine games because <laughs> it's like right after, the, right after the Super Bowl and he was betting a big amount of money on it. And I said, you know, these guys are just messing around. He's like, why are you betting this game? Because damn it, I like betting. That's what he said. And I'm like, well, okay, we're all into the East-West Shrine game. Let's go. So, you know, that was, that's just an aside, you know, for me. Well, Scar, today, you know, it's pretty straightforward. There is a lot of things going on with Michigan. A lot of it has to do with uh, uh, staffing and recruiting and uh, probably another five to six things that you could point that uh, the, uh, the the football office is into. Of course, the former Michigan uh, head coach, there's some news with the amount of money that he's getting paid out in L.A., but we'll start with the current football coach, and that is uh, Sharon Moore, and he has to put his staff together, and right now not 100% sure uh, who they all are going to be. We do know that that Grant Newsom, at 26 years old, he was elevated from tight end coach to offensive line coach. How about we start there? Uh, Newsom has been a high riser. We know that he, when he was a good player, when he played, then he had to get hurt. Graduate assistant for two years, two years as a tight ends coach, and now here he is as offensive line coach. Uh, uh, young, but man, every time Harbaugh talked about Grant Newsom, man, he made it seem like he was a shooting star. And so no surprise that he is on his way up. Yeah. And he, he was a great player and, um, and Jim loved him and Sharon obviously uh, more obviously feels the same way. So, you know, I, I, looking at it, it looks like it's a great, a great decision. And um, the guy, you, you got to have guys that can coach and recruit. And then you need, you need two guys, you need your offensive guy and your defensive guy that can scheme and outsmart the enemy. Okay. So, uh, Grant is going to be uh, taking this uh, this offensive line and uh, and coaching them up and, and maintaining, and uh, so no, it's, it appears like it's a good move. He's looked now. I, I we read where he's looked at Kevin Coger. That was a guy I think Brady recruited, maybe Rich Rod recruited. 
And uh, that could, you know, looking at him as a potential. So they need a tight end coach is really all they need then on offense. And um, no, it's a, it's a positive thing. And I'm happy and, and excited about that decision. So that's, that's one decision that looks good. But if, if you want to stay with the offense though, Denny, uh, Michael Hart now, apparently we don't know what he's going to do. You know, you, you read some things. Um, is he, is, is he, you know, you've, we've, we, there's been hints that more likes Kirk Campbell as the offensive coordinator, you know, and is that one of the reasons I'm just speculating that Michael Hart might be upset? I don't know. Um, he's been a running back coach his whole, his whole career. He's never really had the position of a, of an offensive coordinator, Michael Hart. So maybe he's upset that that didn't happen or it's he sees he's been told it's not going to happen but for whatever reason there's some doubt as to his enthusiasm to come back and coach the Wolverines running backs yeah i think you got to wait and see on that and it might be exactly what you're talking about but then you know my car can go out and back channel and see if there's any other programs that are interested in hiring him at a, 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 you know, you don't want to cut off your nose to spite your face. If you're Mike Hart, you know, and, and, and leave Michigan and the kind of spot, I mean, he's, he's done a good job. He's certainly beloved by the fan base, but you know, some of the other stuff that could be going on with Mike Hart are things that are like, you know, the, the personal reasons and things like that, that, there are things that you don't speculate about. Now I know people on podcasts do, and they certainly do sometimes on the, on the internet, but you kind of got to just have to hang in there. I think a little bit when it's coming down to uh, Mike Hart. Yeah. So yeah, just trying to figure it out. Why, why would you be looking to go? I don't know, but I just wonder this guy. And there, there's two ways uh, like Kirk Campbell, Sharon Moore, the offensive staff, when you're during the football season, like the, the, the offensive, you know, room, Sharon Moore will be familiar with Kirk Campbell when he, you know, he was a GA and then uh, obviously last year, you know, quarterbacks coach. And then he, you know, with, you know, working with the offense. So he'll have an idea on just how bright and what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of coach that he has in Kirk Campbell on the other side of the ball right now, uh, you've said it from the first day that you were on here. You were all about this defense, this 3-4. Uh, you called Mike McDonald the most important piece heading into 2021. I'm paraphrasing the stuff that you said, uh, Scar. Uh, and then you said the same thing with Jesse Minner, and then you talked about Jesse Minner being a big loss. Mike McDonald is expected to be named as the Seahawks' next head coach if it's not official Right now, Adam Schefter in the last few minutes said that that's what he's expecting. And Mike McDonald will be the youngest coach in the NFL. Now, what this says to me, Scar, is that, you know, you've got, you know, when you when you see the, the young hotshots, Sean McVay, you know, comes to mind. And, you know, the, the beautiful mind and that, that people talk about with McVay and what kind of coach he is. You're going to McDonald, who went to Michigan and brought this defense in and then went to the Ravens and then Minter went right in there. Now Minter is going to be the defensive coordinator for the chargers. You know, this is a, this is a pretty big deal. This is all of football to me looking at Michigan's defensive scheme and looking at the, the last two coordinators for the Michigan defense and saying, 
this, these are the best guys in all of football, not in college football, but in pro football to go out there and uh, the, the Seahawks to tab a 36 year old McDonald uh, to do this scar. Danny, you got two philosophies. You know, a lot, a lot of these guys like that. Uh, they like the Shanahan tree. You take the offensive guy, the, the sharp offensive guy, the guy at Miami is a, is a Shanahan guy. You know, the Green Bay guy is a sham. So, or you take the guy that knows how to stop him. Or you take a defensive coach like Duke did with the great hire of Elko. So, you know, you got two ways you can go as an owner or an administrator AD in college. You take the sharp, smart, offensive guy that thinks he's got all the answers, or you take the defensive guy. Jim Harbaugh hiring Mike McDonald saved his whole uh, legacy saved him. He would have been gone if he didn't have the courage to fire Mike uh, Don Brown. He's gone. I mean, guy gave up seventy to the Bucky, whatever. So that was the most important decision. So this is why I always get back to I don't give a darn about how a guy signs in the press conference. You know, if he's telling jokes is the head coach, or if he has a command presence, I want a guy that makes smart decisions, and that was. This decision that Sharon Moore makes about his defensive coordinator, it will be the most important decision he makes, in my opinion. He's got to get that defensive coordinator right. Now, why I said that about Jim with his D, because Jim's offense has evolved. He's got, he had it right where he wants it. I think our offense is exactly where it needs to be. Sharon Moore, one thing I the, the one thing I believe about Sharon Moore, and I, you know, it's hard to predict what a guy's gonna do as a head coach. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't think Sharon Moore is going to – He, I think he believes in everything we do offensively, and I think he believes, and he sat down with – hopefully it's Clink or Elston, and he believes in everything we're doing on defense. He just won the national championship. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Danny, let me just finish up and I'll let you go, because I've seen this 100 times in high school coaches. You got a guy who's successful. You got a program that's successful. And then another guy replaces the guy that built it up to being successful. What happens often is the new guy wants to put his stamp on the program. So he changes things. I want it to be me. I want to do this because it's me. It's boring to do the same things the other guy did to win. But I think Jerome Moore doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's going to say, look, we got a blueprint. We're going to do it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're going to continue to bring great players in, coach the hell out of them, and keep this machine rolling with the same structure, offense, defense, special teams. Yeah, well, from where I sit, it would it seems to be silly if they would mess with what's going on with the defense considering that the pros, uh, you know, think this is the best defense or at least the Seahawks do. I mean, like that, and obviously with uh, McDonald and Minner. So keeping that going would be smart. And with uh, Sharon Moore, not just being a former offensive lineman and offensive line coach, but when you get in there so far, you know, if there's one like, uh, you know, credo from Sharon Moore, it's smash. Smash. That doesn't sound like let's uh, throw the ball all over the yard. Let's start throwing the ball down the field. Let's pass more. 
this sounds like what Michigan has been doing. This smash sounds like a continuation uh, of the same thing. Now, you know, whatever you want to call that superficial, you know, that's, that's kind of Sharon Moore. And yeah, the way no, that I, mean, about- I think, I, I, you know, I, I think the Penn state game and it, listen, he's, he's showed in those three games, you know, obviously the coaches had a game plan looking at film, how are we going to attack, you know, Penn state, Maryland, Ohio state, they had a pretty good idea. And then, but obviously he had, he had the final say in the call in the calls, but obviously that was really good for me to see what he did against Penn state. I like that. He doesn't care about what he got to do to win a game. If we got to run it 27 times, 30, whatever the hell we did. And now 32. we go, whatever. Now we go against the Buckeyes and we got to air it out to beat them. We do, but listen, he's got to be the smartest guy. He's got to be a, a cutthroat, uh, deceptive. I want the guy that when, when I'm facing the guy across from me, I want them to fear Sharon more that he's a, that he is a, he's going to be a deceptive offense. He's a winner. We're going to play with great te- – here's the things I'm going to be looking for, Denny. Here's what I want to be looking for, okay? I want I want to see great technique. When, when, when I'm not making any kind of predictions until I see the spring game and I see us playing. I want to see great technique like we've been doing, offensively, defensively, paddle, every all the little things that I could tell right away when Jim got the job, there was a change in some of the techniques. I want to see intensity, right? We want to see that we're sound. No penalties is a huge sign of, of, of Jim Harbaugh football teams. And we want to, we want to, we want to play smart. We want to adjust and, and do all these. Don't beat ourselves. Those are the things that you know I think Jim has done a great job with. And I you know really want to continue those kind of things. Yeah, play to your strength. Like when you're talking about putting, you know, your imprint and everything else. Certainly when he's going through the coaches, they're not all gonna be. Harbaugh guys and you know so he can bring his guys in there and then how he attacks all of the other things there's so many things even if Harbaugh was here they still had to uh, uh, go after the the transfer portal and how they're relaying the name image and likeness to the players to get talent in here with recruiting I mean all of that was front and center even if Harbaugh was still here are they getting a quarterback in here uh, trying with the transfer portal before spring? Are they going to go with the guys that they have? And then after spring, remember they pushed spring back. So I don't have all the dates. That that to me is a, an interesting thing, Scar, because the quarterback position, you could say, yeah, well, you can go through all the, the five guys uh, that they have. What are we talking about? Tuttle, we're not 100% sure. But uh, then the two juniors, uh, Denegal and Orgy, of course you had Davis Warren in there. And then the new kid right? Jaden Davis. And of those five, there's a few walk-ons and things like that, you know, as well that you could consider, but do they go with those five or are they going to, because other QBs are going to have gone through their spring practices and maybe they'll put themselves in the portal. Will Michigan identify, uh, will they have a list of, of 10 guys saying, Hey, if any of these 10 guys, uh, you know, or whatever, if these guys come free, are they going to try to get him in the Michigan and compete for the starting job in the spring? What are your thoughts there? I think I said it about a month ago, Denny. I, you asked me, you know, who's our starting quarterback, and I said he's not on our in our roster right now. I, I still believe that. Yeah, I believe you're going to see a, a big time name that was waiting on Michigan. Uh, wait, I think there's some kids out there that that are uh, ready to come to Michigan. If that, if, if that's, but that's what I believe. I think we're going to get a good kid. I think we've got some good players on there. What bothers me, Denny, about our quarterback situation, 
is that we didn't we didn't play who listen, I always tried to you you knew who the hell my quarterback was gonna be the following year. You know what I mean? Because I played the kid. And you know, we played JJ when he was a freshman. You knew he was the guy, he's the backup guy. I wished we would have said, look, so it's gonna be Denegal or it's gonna be Orgy, and played him more than what we did. So, you know, we it, it doesn't prepare the kid, but I do believe we're gonna get a quarterback and um we we just don't know who it is right now, but I it's maybe that's another reason to push things back, you know, to get started in the spring. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's more that goes into it than just getting the guy ready for next year. You know, JJ's numbers were were so uh, uh, slanted because he didn't throw the ball already because of the way Michigan ran the ball. They were already playing guys. I mean, a lot of those games you go through and he wasn't in there in the fourth quarter. You wanted to dial it back even more. You know, JJ might've thrown, you know, eight, nine passes a game and, you know, putting those other guys in there. Cause those other guys did play if you go through and, and some of those other games, but you know, uh, I, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, re- recruiting the the top QBs. I mean, their top QBs don't they want to play? And they're looking at you know JJ McCarthy was there front and center. They're like, how much is he throwing the ball? How much is he playing? What kind of numbers is he putting up? I think it'll help Michigan. Uh, they see McCarthy go in the first round. I think that's going to help. Yeah, Danny. Let me say this. These, I'm going to tell you my thoughts about where where I think this program is. Our defense is going to be every bit every bit as good as it's been the last three years, period. Okay. We had the great Hutch and Ojabo and everybody was worried. And what do we do? We get uh, Michael Moore and uh, and we get, you know, we we replace them. No problem. We've got two great edge players. Our linebackers are going to be sound. We've got three studs who played a ton of football with uh, Mason Graham and Kenny Grant. You know, Josiah Stewart and uh, Moore are going to be – our front seven will be solid, tough, good, as good as it's been. We got our secondary – so our defense, I don't I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody talking about our defense. It's every bit as good as it's been. And I, I believe our offense, I want to see a tight end that can block because I think Hinton is going to be good. Gentry was a highly recruited kid. I watched the kid in, 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 in practice – I think he's the guy who's going to be the other tackle. And um, we got the, the the guard from Northwestern, and there's there's some good-looking other options of guys we already recruited. I'm fired up about our line, and our and our and obviously we know Loveland can play. I just want a tight end that can block. Maybe they feel client kid. I love our running backs. You know, we got, we got Donovan back, and um, it's just the quarterback position. And I like our receivers that are back. So – Danny, I'm I'm fired up. I think that this uh, this team has great players. I think I think this, uh, Danny. I think Sharon Moore is getting the football team. When you get a job is important. You know what I mean by that is, I can go real quick. Bo got the job. Ohio State was number one in the country. Not a great time to get it, but he beat them. Got it going. Gary Moeller got the job at probably the best time of anybody. And I would compare Sharon Moore getting it at the same time Gary Moeller got it, replacing a program that was sound and solid and developed and momentum. He's got momentum now. That matters in recruiting. He's got great players. He's got momentum. He's got a, a, a lot of the, the big pieces of the staff. So he's getting it at a great time because we've got momentum. 
the guys that had the program at the worst time was Rich Rod, Trestle had it going, Brady after Rich Rod, Trestle had it going. Jim got the program at a terrible time. Ohio State was up and running national championships. Michigan State had never been so good. So Sharon Moore is getting it when Michigan State is, is bad, new coach, um, and uh, Ohio State is not bad. They've got great recruits, but Sharon Moore is getting this program with great players, and if he gets the right coordinator on defense, we've got momentum. So anyway, I just wanted to air that out, that I think he's getting it at a great time. People are airing out a lot of different rumors and thoughts on the feedback. A lot of talk about Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, coach uh, bolting to L.A. with Jim Harbaugh. Scarred, is there uh, any way should Michigan have done everything they could? Uh, did they do everything they could? Was there any way to keep Ben Herbert? Not 100% sure on that. There are people talking about some 10-year guaranteed deal, giving him 300% more than he was making. You know, So there a lot of different things there. I have my own opinion on this. You want me to share it or do you want to go, go ahead? Go ahead. I'll hear you out. Well, Jim Harbaugh looks at Ben Herbert like Biff Pogey. He loves that guy. And I know all the Michigan players do, and I know Michigan does too. He may have been the most valuable uh, coach or trainer that, you know, was right there with uh, McDonald and Minter over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he's worth his weight in gold. That's why Harbaugh was bringing him. So I don't think it's kind of like Harbaugh going to the pros. I don't think there was any amount of money that was going to uh, keep Ben Herbert uh, at Michigan, he wanted to go with Jim Harbaugh because that's his guy. So that's how I thought uh, it played out. What about you? Yeah, Danny, there's a lot. We can all relate to this in whatever line of work we're in. You know, you, there's a I guarantee you there was a lot of things going on with that decision for Ben Herbert. Okay, he's been a strength coach for 20 years or so. Okay, guys like a different challenge. Guys like a different challenge. That could be one thing. You know, uh, maybe he's going to have a role that's going to be maybe not just strength and conditioning. I don't know. But it could be the new challenge. It could be the great relationship uh, with Jim Harbaugh. And they and you, you can't underestimate that. And, uh, and, and Denny... It could be it could be some of the things and, and when I get in the gym, I'll get into some of the things that was I think a pull to get him to the NFL and not so much a pull to bring him to keep him at Michigan, but in some cases a push. And that's when I get into uh, you know some of the things with Chris Partridge and and maybe the way Jim's contract was handled, uh, where they, they offer him a contract when he's getting on the plane. Those are things and those are reasons people leave sometimes, Denny, when you're dealing with people you may not have a, a great deal of faith in. And I, it's not a, it's not a knock at your own more. OK, it, it, but it's it's some of the things that, uh, you know, you, you look at how other guys are being treated and you say, you know what? Maybe I'm going to leave for a lot of reasons. It's the pull there. And you know what? It's the push to get out. Does that make sense to you? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, like you can, you can boil it down to, he just wanted to go, or you can say, you know, there was more than just a, a look to going to the NFL and, you know, winning something there. I look at it like this. I, I believe what you're saying there. I think that he knew that his legend was secure in Ann Arbor. And when that happens, why not, you know, go take a, yeah. uh, a look. And there's a lot of people making some, a lot of arguments for him staying around. You know, I know, I know, you know, that I told you when everybody was all fired up and I didn't want to rain on anybody's parade, that's for sure. And telling everybody that McCarthy and Harbaugh was going to go, but I thought it was pretty likely, especially when they both won the national championship. Yeah, the strength coach, it is a it is an important position. And I mean, I, I was uh had a, had Mike Gillison, the a great one, and that position has evolved to being even, you know, they used the guy big time in recruiting. Mike was they were just getting a feel for it in the early stages, but I know Ben Herbert is a big factor in recruiting. They use him. He's a motivator, man. You gotta you gotta be a motivator to get these kids to, to do the things you gotta do in the offseason. I think he's creative. A strength coach has to be creative. And you got to you work as a counselor too. Sometimes you're the middleman between the position coach, the head coach, the court. You're the guy that kids talk to. As like sometimes as a counselor. And uh, and you but anyway, they they hired a young guy. I read this guy's bio, Denny. Listen, don't fool yourself this about Michigan. Don't ever fool yourself about this cuz I I saw it as a player. You know, Hey, we're, we're Michigan, man. We're going to have great players graduate. We're going to have great coaches leave every year. You know what? There's somebody waiting in the wings. He might be better. So don't, don't panic over here that this kid, this uh, Tress, what's his name? Justin Tress. Whatever. I mean, he's been there. He's worked under Big Ben. He'll get his he'll get his bearings of being the leader and get his uh, you know get a, get get an understanding of how to be the guy to give the message you know always he's been in the background letting Big Ben give the message I guarantee you there's times he was that guy he'll be fired up he'll have a great staff with him and um, it's hard with the strength and conditioning coach but you know because they're kind of like you know uh, uh, the leader of the you know the the CIA or something presidents come and go but the strength and conditioning coach you know, stays there. Yeah. I mean, like his presence has been around for so long and people, and I know this, and Scar, you've done it yourself. You go back to your playing days and you talk about your strength and conditioning coach. I know I can recall myself. Uh, it's over 20 years ago, working with uh, Rod Payne, who was a center at Michigan. I worked a couple of years in radio with Rod. Rod thought of uh, Mike Gittleson as a, uh, a professor, as a teacher, as a father figure, as somebody like he was always calling him and always talking with him. I can't believe I I don't, I don't know how much and how often he stayed on the phone, Gittleson with uh, other players. But uh, I was thinking Payne monopolized his time. He was always on the phone with them, and he just would say, he would always say uh, Gittleson, that guy right there. He knows. Danny, listen, I, 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 I understand that. I, yeah. I, I understand that. But at the same time, Mike Gittleson, he had a staff. He right. had guys. Yeah. Okay. I can give you some names. You don't know. Joe Moschetti, Joe English. He had some 
uh, Kovacs is old man. He ended up being a being a guy that worked with Mike Gittleson, Lou Kovac. These were bad dudes, man. Okay, they, they, yeah, these were some. Listen, Ben Herbert's got some bad dudes working under him, and I guarantee you, this guy ain't no lamb chop. He's gonna come in swinging. He's gonna make his mark. Our players will get adjusted. You know, people got to move on, man. And when they see that this guy's bringing to the table, Sharon knows what he's bringing to the table. Uh, it happens, man. Good programs lose coaches. But I'm glad that he's one of our guys. We stay in the program. You know, it looks like Sharon wants to do that, you know, uh, uh, promote from within. So I got faith in this kid. I looked at his bio. It looked like he was ready to take – I saw a little video. It looked like he was ready to take a swing at some Buckeyes. Did you see that video? I did see that in the tunnel. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that is good. Uh, <laughs> how about some of the the feedback? Antoine's talking about Michigan's got a lot of talent coming in. Uh, OT is talking like you. The uh, He's talking about the, the senior bowl. What's with the Michigan receivers ripping up the shrine bowl or, or senior bowl? Yeah, look, I would say this, OT. I know you guys out there, you guys read, watch, listen to, you know, all the Michigan content that you can and you absorb it. And everybody's got their own thing. A lot of these podcasts and stuff I noticed last year because people brought it here. They're always like, Michigan doesn't have the receivers. I mean, if I saw, you know, they, they were that's all it was. And almost every time I was on here, I had to tell people like, no, Michigan's got really good receivers. Like, they've got a really good receiving room. You know, Kojo comes up big in big games. I mean, this wasn't like – but I don't know if they were the, the the rumor podcast. Look, everybody can have their own opinion and everything. I tried telling people that Roman Wilson was a star and that Colston Loveland was a star, but there was the majority. And, you know, maybe it is a little bit of a knock on some of these guys – who get all of their information from other people or they're just worried about, uh, you know, rumors or anything else. We had it here. Uh, good afternoon at Michigan football last year. We told all of you that, you know, Michigan didn't have any problem. They were like, uh, you know, Athlons has uh, Roman Wilson as a, a, a fifth team uh, a wide receiver in the big tennis. That's too low. Roman Wilson's a star. He's the fastest guy in college football. So I don't know. Like, why are they ripping it up? Because they're really good. That's why. Yeah. No, we got uh we've got some good receivers. We don't throw it as much as others, but uh Danny, this is this is another hope of mine. I know I'm getting off subject. This is what I'm hoping. In 1969, Schembechler got the thing going for 20 years. We we basically split off and on with the Buckeyes. We dominated Michigan State, won almost 80% of them. Moeller gets the job. We roll. Lloyd Carr gets it. So there's a 40-year period. And I'm hoping that Jim starts it and that 20 years from now, Sharon is 37. He, he's our guy. And we are still up and running and rolling and beating the Buckeyes six out of ten times, beating the Spartans 80% of the time, winning. You know, I'm just being realistic. We had a 40-year deal because we had a good, solid foundation that was established by Schembechler. And Moeller didn't break it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Carr didn't break it. But 
this is what this is what I'm hoping for, man. Here's my here's my take on where I'm at with uh, I'm being honest with you where I'm at with Sharon Moore. I'm not optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm going to use a Gary Moeller. I have faith. I'm going to use a Gary Moeller line. All right. It's what Coach Mo used to say to us all the time. Okay. What you do says so much. So I'm going to just sit tight. I'm going to look at decisions on coaches. I'm going to watch spring ball. I'm going to get feel for things. But I am very, very, um, I, I have, I, I, I just, that's where I'm at. I'm going to be faithful. And, um, and again, I don't really give a darn about how charismatic somebody is in a press conference or um, some of that stuff. He's just got to keep making great decisions. I like to see some great, maybe a, a couple of good transfers come in. Those are going to be the signs, you know, of bringing the great transfers in and keeping, uh, you know, uh, recruiting some good high school kids. And, and those will be the signs that will really tell you that we're really rolling. About this idea, Mark is bringing it up. He's not calling uh, Michigan a penny pinchers. But he's talking about the Michigan staff. That is kind of a uh, a narrative out there. Mark, I don't know if this is actually true, the amounts that he's putting on here, but he's saying that Michigan, this staff will keep Michigan $100 million cheaper over 10 years. It's not the money. It's the money. So that might just be a reality because Harbaugh, if you know, you believe the $125 million 10-year deal, I do believe that, that particular number that he was getting. And you you look at uh, Sharon Moore, five and a half, you know, for five, you can start adding things up. Uh, you know, Ben Herbert, whatever they were going to – they they have saved a little bit there. Uh, but when you do that, there's the idea that, well, Michigan's uh, penny pinching here. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would hope – that we blow that uh, we blow that up and get back to that hundred million and you know what that you know what that means that means Sharon Moore is crushing it after a couple of years if he's crushing it and he's proven that we're up and running and rolling and, and doing the things Jim has done then you give him ten million you give him the things that the other guy got but right now I understand where he's at and these some of these other coaches but uh, you know I, I need to see Scar. And, and you're right. In a couple of years, you, you're going to tear that contract up and give him another one. And and I don't know. And this is the tough part of following a legend like Jim Harbaugh. When Jim Harbaugh came in from the pros, there are a lot of people saying, you know, you don't leave the pros to go to college. I mean, the pros, I mean, this is the top. You know, you don't leave unless you are pushed out. And Harbaugh could have got another job when he was with San Francisco. So he came in and this was a grand slam hire. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what, you know, Mr. Uh, you know, fancy pants pro football coach is going to do in the college. Well, he had all kinds of stuff that he was ready to do. He was doing the satellite camps. He was doing signing with the stars. He was looking everywhere. He was always looking for an edge and always trying travel the world with the team, a, a bunch of different stuff. In addition to coaching and staff and all of that, that's what I want to see from Sharon Moore, whether it's recruiting NIL, how he develops that in, you know, Michigan. Can he also pull Michigan fans and get the, the money coming into Ann Arbor by going out there and, and, and being a spokesman for Michigan football and, and talking with the sponsors and, and getting that cash where, where players, I mean, it's about 
recruiting and it's about like salary caps and free agency. Now it's kind of like the pros with everything that's going on here. Is he going to be able to yeah. have some of these kind of ideas? And hey, listen, I, I love addition to being a good coach and, and CEO and everything else. I love Jim and I love any culture, any leader of any business, any corporation that whatever that takes a dysfunctional program, a dysfunctional organization, whether it be a football team or whatever, a business, and you think outside the box. I love those guys, okay? And Jim was that guy. He's like, look, we got to do some different things to create some enthusiasm for our program. Sharon may have some ideas, okay? And and, and we're going to see and uh, uh, see how it plays out and uh, to, to maybe do some things to raise money. But let's, let's not forget this, Danny, and these are going to come. These will be the signs when the coach is tested. Cause I was, I was this guy in high school, you know, it's how are you going to handle one thing you can, we can say about Jim for the most part in nine years, we did not have many off the field issues with our players. You know, you have years where there was guys fighting and getting drunk and doing dumb things. And uh, you know, we just, we didn't have it or maybe they, Kept it out of the media. You know, we had the thing with Mozzie and some things, but that is important. That will be a, a, a true test of a leader, uh, too. Is he going to have everything unified? You know, there's great work ethic. And, um, you know, we got we to gotta out-organize people. We got to be efficient, doing all these things, man. But I just – I want to look at – I still want to look at the off-the-field stuff because Jim was, I think, pretty good there. It's, it, those things matter, Danny, because you – you lose players. You guys got you got guys getting in trouble. You get the media, and then it hurts recruiting. Everything negative hurts recruiting. Yeah, I don't really agree with that. I think that's a perception. I think that's a like you know you're a Michigan man uh, perception. If you got outside of the Michigan bubble and you had somebody that came in here, they would attack that particular argument. They would go back to Harbaugh's first year when he played a, a felon on his team, his very first year. And you would go through, you mentioned. Who was that? Uh, I don't know, the, the wide receiver that 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 pled to a, a felony from Orchard Lake uh, on his very first team, the guy that he had out there against uh, Utah and wasn't running great uh, routes. I mean, like, so that was from right off the top. And then you would go to the things like, I, don't, I, I think any coach would have played Mossy Smith if they got home cooking uh, with their, uh, you know, uh, the situation. I, I, I get it. There's going to be that, and they went. Oh, no, oh yeah, they would also go to what happened this year. Uh, I don't know if you consider that off the field or not. With what went on with the NCAA. I, I mean, I'm talking about disciplining. Guy, so. Yeah, I was mainly getting at the way you handle 140 players, and over a nine-year period. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to have guys. Yeah, but I think you need to meet, like, let's, let's meet somewhere in the middle there. Like, you know, I, I would say it was, uh, I would say it was respectable. I would say it was respectable as a guy who led a high school team with, you know, 60 kids on my varsity team. I, I get it. You got kids are going to do dumb things. I agree, with that. All the time. I agree. I agree with you on and that. There's some coaches that uh, I think just do a better job. And, and listen, I, I think Jim was better than uh, average, and I think it was respectable the way he did for nine years, 140 guys, the amount of problems we had. I'll take it, and I want Sharon to, to uh, you know, to, to to know. I just think those things are important because they're going to bite you. You get guys doing dumb things, man, and then here comes the media.
It can, it can. They don't forget guys like you nine years ago. I forgot that one. Well, I don't know. Like, I think that there's not a lot of difference when it comes down to to top 25 teams. It was kind of like with the Mozzie Smith thing. Like, I think any top 25 coach, given the opportunity, with some home cooking by their their prosecutor who was going to bury it, you know, you know, for a month. I doubt that any of those coaches would have been like, nope. We're undefeated. Let's go ahead and get this out and suspend our guy right now. And let's create or, you know, or were they just going to, you know, take the gift that they were given, which was uh, they were going to slow play this all the way till after the Ohio State game. I think all the coaches would have did that. Now, go ahead. You know, you want to give them credit for doing it or you want to, uh, you know, uh, rail them? I guess it all depends, like, if you're a Michigan man or if you're on the outside. I look at it like any coach would have done the same thing that Harbaugh did with Mozzie Smith. So, you know, I know there's a lot of people like, hey, he should have suspended him for the Big Ten championship game, whatever. A lot of these teams, like, you know, when, you, when you're undefeated and you're sitting out there and you have an opportunity to do something, these coaches all would have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, I just got some notes here. You know, I'm looking at some things. I, I know as a guy who took over a little program, it's it's really a race now. It's a you got Sharon Moore starting his first year. You've got the guy at Michigan State, his first year at Michigan State. You got Ryan Day over there trying to retool, bringing guys in, and it's like who's going to do a better job? That's what it, that's what it comes down. How well you do is dependent on how smart am I and how dumb is the other guy. You know, and I think that the, the assistant coaches, I learned as a high school coach, the most important thing I had to do was recruit a great group of assistant coaches and keep them. Now, it's harder to do in college because guys move move on, but he's got to have this staff. He's got to get right. And, I, I, and I'm just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about the strength coach. I think it's a good decision. And I and I if we're hearing about Clinksdale, you know, we don't know. We're hearing rumors about Elston. That, that's, uh, you know, that's that's not a great thing. We'll see. But, it, again, he might have a better an opportunity to go to the pros. I don't know what he's doing. All right. Uh, let's see some of the uh, feedback. Let's uh, look at JS. Is, he's hoping Michigan isn't looking at cost savings. He's not worried about Moore's contract. But if there isn't a heavier – Investment in NIL, locker room, paying top-notch staff, a drop-off can occur. Well, Danny, listen, I, I don't believe that uh, Ward Manuel is going to you know, start cutting the amount of money to pay assistance. I mean, I can understand not paying Sharon more what Jim was making, but I don't believe the assistants are going to get paid less. And we've done okay bringing guys in with NIL. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to get worse. You know, we brought in 10, 8, 10, what, 12 this past year that were key guys. We brought guys in the year before that were key guys. I, I'm not worried about that that commitment getting worse. I don't know what, where that narrative's coming from. Well, here's, you know, like, uh, you're right, Scar, to point. When we talk about NIL, people should say last year it was a home run for Michigan. And you mentioned the the 10 guys that came in on the transfer portal. Uh, but there was always going to be this year, you know, Michigan's approach was reward guys at the back end and, you know, they won the natty. So there, I think we're a contributing factor and you always want this to win it all. You know, guys were like, Hey, I'm done. Uh, so could they have kept some more guys? 
that's where I came to Sharon Moore. Can he unify the Michigan fan base, any Michigan donors, anybody that's watching this, and can he raise that money? And then can Michigan have this big pool of money and can players look at it and realize that they can come in Michigan and if they're not necessarily going to get paid at the front end, like a lot of teams seem to be promising the money, you know, can they relay that to the players and get the players? That's something that we have to keep an eye on. Well, that's going to be, you know, I, listen, I believe he's going to have all the, the the kind of resources and funding NIL wise that, that Jim had. So I don't, if, if anything, it's going to be better, but it's going to, it's going to come. And this will be one of the tests of him as a leader. You know, can Jim had, Jim had it, did a great job identifying first. You got to identify, you got to have an eye for talent, you know, big Ulu, you know, Josiah Stewart, Jim, you got to have an eye for talent. Great whether, point. Whether it was mentor, who the hell knows who you got to have an eye for talent, Jimmy Johnson. And then you got to know how to talk to that kid to bring him in. Now I don't have any doubt there. Sharon Moore recruited Dax Hill out of Oklahoma you know, I, he's the, he was the key guy with J.G. McCarthy. So, Sharon, Jim saw that. And that was the only recommendation more than anything that old Scar cared about was when Jim Harbaugh put his stamp on Sharon Moore. So that was the, the greatest thing that has me sleeping at night. I don't really care about what any of these guys in the media are saying, but he's got to be able to sell. He's got to identify the great transfers and then sell them and recruit the hell out of them and bring them in here. So. Correct. I'm with you uh, on that. Just one thing, like th this is one of those things that people like to, you know, whether it's come after me or, or talk about, you know, if it's, OT was telling me I'm reaching, talking about any off the field problems, <laughs> bringing up, you know, Georgia. Yeah. I mean, Georgia had, you know, I, th I think led the nation in uh, incidents. So yeah, you know, Michigan is, uh, you know, pristine when it comes down to Georgia, there's probably a, a few more, you know, track records you could put up against Michigan in the last nine years and say, damn, but you know, uh, I was just trying to balance it out a little bit. OT like, and I don't know, people don't want to hear uh, anything negative about, uh, no, Dan, Dan, listen, no, nobody's perfect in that. And I just think 140 guys over nine years, you take 140, just general Michigan students, you know, compared to the 140 players, you know, who's getting in trouble. I think I think we did good there. It's important as a coach. You've got to be good in that area, though. You know, you 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 got to be. Uh, you do have to do. That's let one me of just say this too about something that I think is irrelevant. Former players are irrelevant, Danny. Just want I got it on my notes here. What do you mean? We're irrelevant in terms of how how successful a coach is at Michigan. Okay, because I heard that in the past about different coaches. You know, the former. Let me tell you, I ain't called no play. I never uh, – I'm not recruiting players. I'm not devising scheme. I'm just a guy cheering like the rest of us, man. Now, so there's some guys in the media that have attacked coaches that I never, didn't really agree with so much. But my point is we are irrelevant. There's some guys that want to think they are. I just – I don't think that uh, it, it affects how successful this coach is compared to the next coach or anybody else. Yeah. I, I hear you on that scar. And then yet I go back to 2021. And if you look at the, the staff of, uh, of 2020, what did Michigan have one Michigan man, of course, Harbaugh, but then they, they started hiring Mike Hart, Ron Bellamy, 
Mike, well, that's not what I'm Mike. talking about. You're talking oh. about coaches. What are we, what are you talking about? Okay, I'm talking about guys that aren't involved with the program. Guys that just oh, all retired dudes like like me and the hundreds oh. of other former. Listen, what do you mean they're irrelevant? Their opinions are irrelevant. Yeah, my opinion, the, the opinions are irrelevant in terms of you know they got to get the support. You got to get the support of the former players. I think that's just oh, irrelevant. Okay. Now listen, Jim, Michael Hart's a hell of a coach, okay. and he just happened to have gone to Michigan, and I think it's. You know, Elston's a hell of a coach, happened to have gone to Michigan. Bellamy, you know, those guys, I think, and I've said this, I think it helps in recruiting when you you have a great coach who can do all the things a coach needs to do, but also played there. And I think Jim maximized that because it helps in recruiting. I covered that, that because I remember when I got recruited at Michigan State, the guy played there, he was recruiting me. You know, you just it 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 has a little more impact, I think. So, Jim, but in ter- I'm I'm talking about old washed up dudes like me who I'm not doing nothing but watching the game like you, man. So, are you saying like, all right? So, you the point that they brought it that Harbaugh did bring an influx of Michigan men in after 2020. That that was uh that was nice and and it worked. The fans loved it uh, certainly. But you're talking about like there were a lot of players. And, and this happened in uh, the early years in the Harbaugh area. That era, I'm sorry, they wanted a, a pass to the sideline. They and then you know Harbaugh was like shutting that down, and not and they yeah. were like, hey, what about the former players? You know, we're out here at our tailgates, and we got uh, displaced when you know, and we got pushed to this other lot. How come? Har- what about the former? That kind of stuff, right? What about the yeah, ch- I mean, I, cornbread I, and chili? I, I, off? Listen, I understand. Listen, there were a couple of things that Jim did that for players, which is fine. But I just my, my point is, man, I I just don't think it's, you know, because I heard it about Rich Rod, you know, all the former players or this or that or man, I'm not, it's irrelevant, man. I'm not, I'm not coming up with a scheme on defense. I'm not telling you who to recruit. I'm not telling you, I'm nothing. I'm no more than big D Fithian. I'm just guy, I'm a guy watching, man. And, Maybe and, a little and, bit, but I'd, I'd give you this, Gary, because you brought up Rich Rod. Now I remember, like, I do think that, like, most, uh, if not all, of former Michigan players, they're all behind Sharon Moore. They like Sharon Moore. They want him to succeed. What happened with Lloyd Carr, they, after he lost to Appalachian State and Oregon, he was getting pushed out. So he couldn't handpick his successor. Right. And Lloyd Carr, as much as I like him, and and there he did not bridge any kind of gap. Then let me tell you something. I, I, I was at a hang on, no. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was at when, when when Rich Rod got hired. Yeah. Within I don't know a month or so, they had a former player deal. Yeah. And there was hundreds of us there. I was there. Of course, were you over at the golf course? No, it was at it was at the the stadium. Okay. And it was a nice deal. They had a spread. They had beer. They had the hookup. And, and Rich Rod was there. And let me tell you, every guy in that room was fired up just like we are right now. We got faith. We're optimistically, you know, we have faith. You got to show us, man. So everybody was – I shook his hand, and I was fired up, and here we go. And, you know, you got to win, though, man. You got to win. So there, there was uh, – the, the people were – People were there in his corner, uh, cheering him on, and I. Everybody shook his hand, and um, but you know you got to win, man. That's my point. Okay, you know? uh, I would 
I would like to have seen a uh, a roll call of all the players there, and after that day when they wanted a a pass to the sideline or they wanted something else or they started talking to Lloyd Carr or they started talking with themselves and everybody, uh, there did not seem to be that support for the former players. And, you know, that's nice what you're talking about. Well, what the hell does that mean? And what's that got to do with winning or losing? What does that mean? I'm, I'm well, just guys, pissed off that you're the coach. I can't you know, do anything about it. I'm not – listen, I watched that guy coach, and there was many times I was upset and disgusted, but I can't do nothing about it. I'm like no, no one different than anybody watching Michigan on TV. Um, so that, my point is I've heard that excuse and that argument, and it's irrelevant. Okay, I was a I was a guy that took over a little program in high school, and there were some guys that whatever man, if you win, they don't care, they love you, they don't care as long as you win. I think it's true. I don't think that there was, and I know you just said that they had the you know the uh, the party and everything, but one thing that Michigan does have, uh, they do have a, a great alumni and a real connection with the former players and their connection with Michigan football and how they feel and support the coach, what they're saying to, you know, the, the masses, whether they go on radio or they're, you know, talking with other high school coaches, Rich Rod, it was the one thing that, uh, that, that hurt him uh, out of the gate. Now recruiting and that wait, 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 what oh, hurt him out of the just, gate. Let me say, let me say, let me just tell you how it hurt. Jim's ass kicked hurt him. Not getting Terrell Pryor. Was That's on him. With that. But, I was also at something in the first month that Rodriguez uh, had the job, or maybe it was the it was a it was a football thing. Uh, Greasy was there, Hutchinson was there, and it was out back at the golf course. And I stood there with a microphone, and you know it might have been me, it might have been somebody else. Asked him about the Ohio State rivalry, and Rich Rod said, "Rivalries? I've been in the backyard brawl, West Virginia. I know all about rivalries. I don't now." People didn't want to hear that. People didn't want to hear that. Uh, he knows all about rivalries and. And, and sure, he, you know, he had no experience with the Ohio State rivalry. But if I would have had him off to the side, I'd say, hey, coach, say that this is one of the great rivalries in all sports and you can't wait to participate in because that's what Michigan fans are all about, this Ohio State rivalry. He turned off so many Michigan fans right out of the gate. Now, you're right. Now, winning could have cured all that. But the thing was, he wasn't a good fit. He wasn't a good fit with the former players. They didn't like him. Uh, you know, and because he didn't embrace everybody, even though he did have that big party over there and the former players, the ones that I talked with would tell you, like, I don't know, Rodriguez. And then there was the car faction. Now, maybe you don't feel like you're involved with the car faction, but many of the former car players, they didn't feel like there was any kind of olive branch out to them continuing on. They were pushed aside, couldn't get into the game, couldn't get tickets, couldn't get this, couldn't get over to the golf course, displaced. I mean, all of that. There's a lot of drama that goes on. Yeah, I, I get Outside that. You know, I, I, a football thing that you want everybody, like a place like Michigan, you want everybody like uh, rowing the same way, in the same direction and everything. And Rodriguez did a lot of things, even before he started losing ball games, that uh, that had well, people yeah, saying, that Danny, I, I disagree because I think if if he was winning, all that stuff would have been irrelevant. You know, when you when you can't play defense and people are hamming you with that three three five, no, no. So anyway, I just wanted, that, I, I, let me tell you one more thing about that, Scar. I want to say one more thing. Uh, you know, this guy's passed away, but you know, he was uh, it was a great restaurant owners in uh, in a great Michigan supporter. Well, he, you know, he, I don't know if he dropped off a, a, a whatever kind of uh, bouquet or a gift basket or anything else for Rodriguez. 
you know, a lot of what a coach has to do is kind of like being a president. You got to go out there, you got to shake a lot of hands, and you got to kiss a lot of babies. I understand. This was like the one of the biggest Michigan supporters of all the time. Rodriguez, I don't even know if he sent him a card. He certainly didn't go over there and have, you know, how about going to, you know, some of and he didn't do those kind of things. It's and all part was, of being a head coach. Right. I understand right. it. All right, but you're right. Ultimately, if Rodriguez would have come in there, he could have uh, wore cowboy boots and uh, and wore pink and white dresses out there. If he would have won, yeah. people would have well, got behind him. So, so I, your listen, point about that is correct. Jerome, just win, baby. Everybody will love it. Let me just finish up on Harbaugh, Coach Danny, because I got I got it. I got it. Right. Let me let me just because a lot of people have some thoughts. I think that Jim Harbaugh. This is Scar's thoughts. I'm going to say it one last time and be done with Harbaugh. Okay, Harbaugh, here we go. Jim Harbaugh. I think there was a pull to the NFL. We all have a job we're in. We may have a pull to go to a different job. We've all experienced it. So, yes, obviously, there was a pull So to go and coach in the NFL and win the NFL. Now, Scar believes that the Michigan, the investigation, the way Partridge was handled, the way – the regents offer him a contract when he's on the plane going to San Diego. That tells me what kind of people he was working for. The 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 polit that that is a political scumbag move. If I if you ask me, you're gonna. He's been asking to get this contract. Well, the are, tell me, like I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't, is this in, This is just what you know that the regents called him on the plane. Go where well, get, Isn't that what was? Isn't that what re, was is reported that he got an offer uh, as he was getting on the plane or something? That, that that the language has changed. Isn't that what's been made public? Oh, the 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 last ditched effort to try to. Yeah, keep him. that it was it was sitting there for a couple months. That what he needed to get done to get get squared away and and get the pull back to Ann Arbor instead of the push. So, I believe and that was reported on one side. On the other side, like the the regents and the athletic department was like every time they wanted to change something up, Harbaugh was like, "Okay, but what about this?" And the one okay. thing he never wanted to change is he never wanted to change the NFL buyout, and he never wanted to have anything in place before mid February. Those two things told you okay. everything that you needed. He was always coming back with another sweetener. He always was coming back over the top with one more thing. Because and people didn't trust, move. Danny. It's a brilliant people move. Didn't he, was trust. Playing, he was playing both I, sides. I get you. That's what happens when won. you got people you don't trust. That's what happens when you got people you don't trust. The way they handle Partridge. The way they give them that last-minute offer to save face. That tells you everything you know about those people. Okay, That's our regents. They was he was trying to get it. Now listen, there's two sides to that story. Okay, that's right. Two sides, sides to the story. story. But he did ask for the triumvirate. He did ask for the triumvirate. He didn't do that to waste time. He didn't trust some people. One guy making decisions. So the point old scars making, I'm going to put it to rest, is that there was a pull for the NFL, but there wasn't the pull to stay in Ann Arbor as strong as it could have been, and there was somewhat of a push. So I don't want to be around. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now what Scar is concerned with. I'm hoping that that push didn't infiltrate Ben Herbert's decision. Okay. I'm hoping that that push didn't infiltrate Jesse Minter's decision. And I'm hoping that that push is not infiltrating because what we're hearing about Mike Elston. So I don't know. Okay. But 
it's it's what I believe as far as Jim. There there was not the the pull that was uh, that we all maybe have heard. Now what he said in his press conference, anybody with a clue would have said the same thing. I love Michigan. They're great, and everybody's great, and all this. Okay, you're not going to come in there and start you know attacking some of those people that you didn't have faith in. But I've said it. I'm done with it. I'm moving on to Sharon Moore. I got faith in the big fella, and that's my final thought on Harbaugh. Well, just the, the final thought, but let me follow up on a couple of those things. So all of that, like, you know, so you think that he really did want to stay with Michigan, but the, the push was there. Possibly. A little bit. So why 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 two years ago when he went to Minnesota and that fell apart, the, he said he was never going to do it? Again, in the very next year, he was uh, talking. With things people. changed. He he saw how dishonest some people were. He they saw changed. the way Partridge was handled. Listen, if, they, if well, this was before Partridge, this was with the Vikings two years it. ago. Why did he lie? Why did he lie? Well, he, he 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 said he was all done with it yeah. after last year, right? Two years ago, yeah. Okay, well, people change. Leadership changes. Your trust. Factor changes with people you work for. Your outlook changes. If they're no good, well, maybe we got to take another peek. So that's just where I'm. That's okay, where I'll I'm, give you my final word on it, Scar. Jim Harbaugh is the greatest Michigan football coach that I've ever seen. And these last three years were the the greatest years uh, of uh, in, in college football over profile. I like all sports, but college football is number one and Michigan's number one. And he just went through three years of having Michigan number one. There, there was really nothing like it. But four years ago, when he uh, told a reporter that was talking about, um, you know, what about uh, going to the pros or anything? He said, take, follow me and um, follow my actions and in, in, in what's happening. Well, that's what I did. And that's what I do. Yeah. And, you know, Harbaugh looked just like any other coach when he was out there running around and saying like, I'm done. And then the very next year, even though people said, well, he was doing that for his assistants. Did you follow the actions of the administrators? Did you follow the actions of the regents and how that relationship may have changed? Okay. That affects your, your status for all of us working anywhere. All of us working stiffs. You got a great job. You got a great situation. And that good boss you had leaves and some other guy comes in and things change. Your outlook changes. I would say that he did a poor job in saying anything about his situation if he didn't like how the the president or the uh, athletic director or any of the regents were dealing with him. He did a great poor job. He did the right thing by not not attacking Michigan, leave on a high note. I would have did the same thing. Everybody's great. I love Michigan. I always love Michigan. Ward's great. The regents are great. I love them all. That's what he did. Good luck. Yeah, behind the scenes, this network was all like, this guy's a clown. Well, network, you, against me. network. Do, do the regions have a network? The, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. Okay. So what, net, what network do you want to believe? I'm just, Scar is just giving his side of the story. Right. Everybody's got their, everybody's got their, their, uh, their agenda and everybody's got their, uh, their people out there. And uh, just like you, I talk to people too. And um, perfect. You know, it is what it is. Danny, Listen, man, we've been going. I think we're, we're fired up. Sharon, I love your brother. We're all hoping for you. We got faith in you. 
and uh, you just keep keep get those get the coaches situated. It's a, that's the number one advice from old Scar. He knows it. Got to get that D coordinator. Well, it's the great thing, Scar. You know, like uh, at the end of the day, I think you and I and everybody watching, we're all on the same page. We all loved Harbaugh. The guy did just a fabulous job. And we're all behind 100% Sharon Moore. So, you know, the, the devil in the details talking about some of it and, you know, what happened and everything else. But at the end here, we're both like, uh, we want the same thing. And we look at, uh, at the end of the line, the same thing with that's Harbaugh, right. with Sharon Moore. So I like great. I like the decision with the big offensive line coach. I like the big decision with the strength coach. And if I hear Clinksdale, I'm going to like that decision too. I like to hear that Elston stands. Danny, I'm over and out, man. Well, let's hear you, you give your sign off, Scar. Go blue, baby. <laughs> that's what I was. I was that's all <laughs> I was waiting for. Smash that five star uh, 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 feedback. Uh, smash the like button, as um, Sharon Moore says. Smash. See you, Scar. All right, Big D.